0: Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. Today, a serious movement to try to get border states to invoke constitutional war powers to turn back illegal immigrants when the feds won't. For the record, there has been a record number of illegal immigrants crossing into the U.S. from Mexico, not just a record in recent years, but in all of American history. And with that, a great deal of economic stress, crime, and criminals. Let's look at a few of the stats. You can find this yourself, by the way, at CBP.gov. You look at criminal non-citizen statistics. These go through fiscal year 2022, which started October 1st. But what's interesting to see is the comparison of the numbers when we look at President Obama's last year in office in 2016 and President Trump's last year in office, 2020, and President Biden's first year in office. So let's go to the arrests of individuals with criminal convictions. This means criminal non-citizens, people who've been convicted of one or more crimes, whether in the U.S. or elsewhere, before getting picked up by the U.S. Border Patrol. So in other words, these are in many instances, hardened criminals who for whatever reason, came into the United States, happened to get caught, and already had this criminal record. It doesn't count, of course, the untold numbers of people who get away and aren't picked up. We know there are many, many of those. But in 2016, the total number that we knew of, the arrests of individuals with criminal convictions, was 12,842. That's a big number. But this number went down about... 4,000 the first year President Trump was in office to 8,531, and then that number continued to decline by about 2,000 a year during the Trump presidency. That's despite the fact that President Trump had a lot of trouble till the very end in implementing a lot of his border control policies. Remember, they were challenged in court. They were fought every step of the way. Ultimately, the Supreme Court upheld most of them, but that was pretty late in the game. Nonetheless, the arrests of individuals with criminal convictions went down every year he was in office. So starting at almost 13,000, Obama's last year, 8,500, President Trump's first year, 6,698 in 2018, the next year down another several thousand to 4,269, and then President Trump's last year in office, that number went down to 2,438. Well, what happened? President Biden's first year in office when he pretty much opened up the borders as he promised in so many words to do, 10,763 arrests of individuals with criminal convictions who'd illegally crossed the border. So again, 12,800 under Obama, down to 8,500 under Trump, 6,000, 4,000, 2,000, then back up to 10,763. So tens of thousands of people with criminal convictions coming across the border. And President Trump was right, although no one wanted to say it. There was a lot of fake news put out about this. He was right when he said many criminals are crossing the border into the U.S., including rapists. We'll get to more of that in just a moment. But what's happening so far in fiscal year 2022, which started October 1st, Well, already we are beyond just in this first quarter of the year through February 18th. We are already beyond President Trump's whole last year in office in terms of arrests of individuals with criminal convictions. We're already at 3,087. What types of convictions do these people have? Well, we look at assault, battery, and domestic violence. In that category, President Trump's last year in office. There were 208 convictions discovered among people who came across the border illegally. It went from 208 to 1,178, President Biden's first year in office. What about burglary, robbery, larceny, theft, and fraud? That was 143 in 2020, 825 in 2021. Driving under the influence, 364 convictions in 2020, 1,629 in 2021, illegal drug possession and trafficking, 386 convictions discovered in 2020, 2,138 in 2021, sexual offenses, including rape, 156 in 2020, these are convictions, 488 in 2021. And here's a really important one. This category is homicide and manslaughter. So this includes murders. President Obama's last year in office, there were eight convictions discovered among people who had crossed the border illegally. President Trump's first year in office, three. Second year in office, three. Third year in office, two homicide and manslaughter convictions. President Trump's last year in office, three homicide and manslaughter convictions. President Biden's first year in office, 60. It went from three to 60. That's a huge increase. So all of this is background because the podcast today is about efforts by some Republicans to convince border state officials to call upon war powers to stop what these Republicans call an invasion of illegal immigrants at the southern border. And they believe, the ones pushing for this, that this is not just about people coming across the border and not waiting in line for their immigration status, not doing it the right and legal way. This is about the fact that so many criminals come in. This is well-documented. It's not even a question. This is about states being able to protect themselves and protect their citizens when the federal government has chosen not to. So reading from an article in U.S. News and World Report about this, they have a little background. They say that Republican governors have deployed thousands of National Guard members to patrol the border, including around 150 from Arizona who work in support roles but don't actually apprehend immigrants, and that lawmakers, Republicans, and former Trump officials want these Republican governors empowered to do much more. It goes on with background saying Border Patrol reported more than 1.6 million encounters with migrants along the US-Mexico border from September 2020 to September 2021, more than quadruple the number in the prior fiscal year, the highest annual total on record. When they're talking about migrant encounters, that's not actually an accurate description. They're talking about illegal immigrants, not just migrants, which is a broader category. But in any event, this article says the Republicans are demanding something that relies on a novel interpretation of the U.S. Constitution, which says states cannot engage in war unless actually invaded. And then Ken Cuccinelli, the former Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, argues that there's no limits on what a state's governor can determine constitutes an invasion and respond accordingly. In other words, the argument is, if a state is being invaded The state can take certain actions to protect itself. That's what some Republicans are saying, but others, Democrats, are not so sure. The article in U.S. News & World Reports goes on to say that Cuccinelli envisions a border force unburdened by the need to comply with U.S. immigration laws, which allow migrants to claim asylum and potentially make a case to a judge before being deported. Well, this is me commenting now. That sentence just isn't true. Cuccinelli has not described a need to have a border force that doesn't comply with U.S. immigration laws. Quite the opposite. He's describing the states having the ability to protect citizens and enforce border laws that the federal government, for whatever reason, has chosen not to enforce. And would-be immigrants would still have the opportunity to claim asylum without having illegally crossed into the United States first. So The description in some news articles might not be entirely accurate, but you get the gist of the argument. Another thing they do, which is inaccurate, they use the word migrants when really they're referring to illegal immigrants or illegal border crossers. Migrants is a totally different category. Migrants implies legal migrants, temporary visitors. And something strange, as an aside, that happened in the past year or two, the media went from calling illegal immigrants immigrants to calling them migrants. And I still can't figure out where this came from. I've asked the question on social media of other journalists, why did everybody quit using the word immigrant? I know they don't wanna say illegal immigrant, but they were at least saying immigrant. Now all of a sudden it's migrant. And I didn't get the memo. And I actually looked up the definition of both words of immigrant and migrant. And I can't figure out a scenario under which migrant more accurately describes the situation than immigrant because migrant implies, according to the definitions, a desire or a plan to temporarily be somewhere, and yet the illegal immigrants we're talking about are intending to stay. They're not migrants coming for a matter of a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Anyway, Another viewpoint comes from Paul Bender in this article, he's a constitutional law professor at Arizona State University, and he argues that the constitutional provision that Cuccinelli is talking about is meant to restrain the states, not to empower them. He says, quote, I think the invasions the framers had in mind were organized invasions by the governments of other countries, not by disorganized, undocumented aliens. The plain plan of the Constitution, he says, was to have immigration matters handled by the federal government, not by the states. Now, on the other side, I think they are arguing, this isn't an immigration matter. This is a border security, a national security matter for the reasons we've discussed immigration is something quite different. It's a legal process outlined by various countries. Another viewpoint comes from someone named Ahilan Arulan Anthem, co-director of the Center of Immigration Law and Policy at the University of California, Los Angeles Law School. And in the article in US News and World Report, he says, federal law gives the president the power to get help from local authorities when facing a mass influx of migrants. Again, we're not talking about a mass influx of migrants. This is a mass of illegal border crossers attempting to come and live into the United States outside the legal process. But he goes on to say that declaring an invasion in order to suspend civil liberties would be both legally and politically dubious. Okay, me commenting again outside this article, nobody I've heard has suggested that declaring an invasion should be done to suspend civil liberties, but to protect the rights and safety of American citizens. Anyway, he goes on to say the purpose of statements like this, referring to Cuccinelli, is obviously to whip up anti-immigrant sentiment and to play into fears which are encoded with racism. All right, make of that what you will. But if you want to read more, there's plenty of places to find these types of viewpoints. I would say opposing viewpoints to what Cuccinelli has to say. You can find the US News and World Report article and read more about that by doing a search on DuckDuckGo or your favorite search engine under lawmakers urge Ducey to use war power at border. You could probably just use the search terms war power, and Cuccinelli. Because today I'm talking about all of this with Ken Cuccinelli, who is now a senior fellow at the Center for Renewing America on Homeland Security and Immigration. He was acting deputy secretary of the Department of Homeland Security at a time when the flow of drugs, illegal immigration, and criminals was on the decline due to the policies of the Trump administration much criticized by Trump opponents and illegal immigrant advocates. So you'll hear from Cuccinelli after a short break.
1: Tasks, deadlines, and projects. What if your teams had a tool that brought everything together? Trello is the project management tool that powers collaboration for over two million teams across the globe, including 80% of Fortune 500s. Trello brings teams together by tracking daily to-dos and provides a high-level view across projects and teams, from product development and design to support and production. Trello helps all teams move their work forward together. Thousands of IT admins around the world trust Trello to keep their work safe. With Trello, your teams will have access access to hundreds of top-tier integrations they can rely on. A big reason why Trello is top-rated for employee satisfaction. It's where companies do their best work. Trello for Enterprise. Learn more by visiting trello.com/forenterprise. That's t r e l l o.com/forenterprise.
0: Now here's my interview with Ken Cuccinelli a senior fellow at the Center for Renewing America on Homeland Security and Immigration. And he was acting deputy secretary at the Department of Homeland Security under President Trump. Can you give an overview of this effort that some people are pushing in border states to try to make it where people can't cross so easily illegally?
2: Sure. So obviously we have a federal administration that has an open border policy, whatever they may call it. I look at the border and see a disaster, and they see a policy success. And a lot of people have a hard time understanding that. So, if you're in a border state and you're being, you know, having limitless flows relative to any historic trend coming across your borders, um, causing all kinds of problems, both criminal, public health, um, you name it, and environmental, just <laughs> trash, and um, as well as the drug flows. Uh, that are used by the cartels. So the cartels use the human flows to direct at border patrol, to occupy border patrol so they can run their drugs through more easily. It's part of why you're seeing more deaths across America for drug overdoses because the price is going down because it's so easy for the cartels to get the drugs in. So if you're in a border state, what do you do? The federal government isn't protecting you from this invasion, And recently, Attorney General Mark Burnovich of Arizona issued the first legal opinion in American history to address the invasion question in this context at our southern border. And he found that there is an invasion going on, not surprisingly, with three million crossings in the last year, and that Arizona has the constitutional right to take matters into its own hands, um, particularly between the ports of entry which are the legal entrances into the United States of America. There are over 300 of those all around the country. Um, And now the question becomes, will the governor of Arizona do that? He's been resistant. He talks very tough, but he's been very resistant to actually using his authority to stop the flows between the border. And then the following question is, Will Governor Abbott in Texas? I don't think there's much hope in New Mexico or California.
0: But, but what does it mean to take matters into your own hands?
2: So under the Constitution, the states can repel an invasion without federal permission. This You're is not immigration. Pull, pulling
0: law. guns and fighting. Well,
2: th- you know, this isn't tanks and planes. It is a war. It is using their war power, but they don't need the, the tanks and planes. This is literally just stopping people in the same way the Department of Homeland Security stops them in the desert. But instead of catching and releasing them, as the federal government does under their immigration agencies today, the states can turn them right back around into Mexico.
0: And that power exists, you think, or it can be argued, that that power is granted to the states in the Constitution?
2: It's always been there. Um, The states preserved it. They weren't granted it because the states created the federal government. So they kept this power to themselves to defend themselves. And it's easier for some people to understand by thinking about it in 1795. You know, in 1795, Georgia was the Southwest border. (laughs) And if there was an influx across that border, Georgia didn't have time to go ask permission of Washington and Washington didn't keep much of a standing army, if at all, at that time. And so the state decided if it was invaded, just as Arizona just decided, and the state had the power to respond. And uh, James Madison talked about this with respect to smugglers, which are a lot like our cartels on the other side of the border here, um, in the discussions about adopting the Constitution. So this isn't something that wasn't uh, thought about by the founders. Uh, They incorporated it in. They were very explicit that it doesn't just cover nation states that it can cover any sort of hostile band or encroachment, and that's what we see going on on a scale we've never seen before on our southern border.
0: You're part of an effort to try to convince power brokers in these border states to grab and take the powers you say they have within their grasp. Yeah. Um, what exactly could they do? Let's say a state says, yes, we want to do this.
2: You mean what does it look like mm-hmm. if you actually do it? Um, interestingly, we have a very recent example. So. This is not immigration law. It's important to be clear about that. This is a constitutional self-defense power the states kept when the federal government was formed. So different legal authorities can exist in the same place at the same time. And the example I use is the COVID situation. So in March of 2020, the CDC issued a public health order related to the border and most of the returns that we made in the department of homeland security at that time I was deputy secretary there to mexico we returned 85 to 90% of the illegal illegal border crossers back into mexico under that public health authority so we weren't enforcing immigration law we were enforcing public health law and you ask what would it look like for the states it would be state personnel doing almost exactly what we were doing in dhs under the public health authority except they would be doing it under their constitutional authority to defend themselves you don't bring them into facilities it probably is you stop a group in the desert you fingerprint everybody you take their picture and you literally drive them back to the border give them food and water tell them to go home
0: does this require the governor or some other authority in a state to make some kind of declaration and say, we're going to do this.
2: This authority is under the commander in chief of every state and the governor of every state is also the commander in chief and it is from that authority. So the governor has the sole discretion to decide this and uh, and to execute the authority. Nobody can make the governor do it. Um, And so what you're seeing play out right now is some resistance because As tough as many people talk, some of them don't want to actually, uh, you know, weigh into this level of, of dealing with the problem. But it's also an election year in some of those border states. And this has become a real live issue. And you see candidates for governor, for instance, in Arizona, staking out positions on this. And my prediction is, using Arizona as an example, the next governor of Arizona will not be elected in November without committing to exercise this self-defense authority.
0: You touched upon this, my last question is, I haven't heard this discussed much in the media, but I looked at the numbers some time ago. This is not just a historic year or two in terms of illegal immigration. This is in the lifetime of our country, We've never had so much illegal yes. immigration. Is that accurate?
2: It's absolutely accurate. We're shattering every kind of record we ever had for illegal immigration. And that's what happens when you have a president. Who essentially invites the whole world in with no conditions, including, by the way, known or suspected terrorists, criminals, gang members, cartel members, they're not turning many of these people back. I mean, you practically have to be caught in the act of murdering somebody for this administration to contemplate removing you from the United States. So it's way too easy. And what one of the side effects is the drug cartels, the most vicious, evil people in the Western hemisphere. Are making possibly more money off human smuggling and trafficking than they are off drug trafficking, which, by the way, has never been easier for them because of our open border, thanks to Joe Biden and Secretary Mayorkas.
0: That was Ken Cuccinelli, who was acting deputy secretary at the Department of Homeland Security under President Trump. A couple of related headlines and context. Illegal immigration during President Biden's first year drove U.S. foreign-born population to a new high. You can read about that in a lot of articles online, including in the Daily Mail, which says, A new analysis of U.S. Census data by the Center for Immigration Studies found that there are currently 46.6 million legal and illegal foreign-born immigrants in the U.S., up 1.7 million from last year. Another headline you've probably heard, man who allegedly killed his three daughters and then himself was illegal immigrant. He had an arrest record, lots of problems, but was protected in the sanctuary state of California. One article I looked at said, an illegal Northern California resident opened fire on his three daughters and their guardian in a church. And branching out, by the way, Illegal immigration is not just a problem in the United States. There are parallel arguments going on around the world, particularly in Europe, ones that you don't hear a lot about. In fact, I reported for my television program, Full Measure, a couple of years ago after visiting Europe that we heard a lot about how European countries had opened their arms to Muslims fleeing war-torn countries, fleeing Africa and the Middle East, Well, there wasn't as much follow-up as to what happened afterwards. Terrible cultural clashes, terrorist attacks by some of the people who were let in, a subsequent change of heart among Germany that had been so welcoming where they decided that they had taken too many in, public sentiment turned after a string of terrorist attacks by some of those who had been warmly welcomed. Anyway, that's an ongoing problem. Here's a recent headline. Hungarian foreign minister says, Egypt deserves European Union support for curbing illegal immigration. He goes on to say, Hungary's foreign minister, Peter Cesarto, has said, Egypt deserves financial support from Europe for its sincere efforts to curb illegal immigration. I visited Greece a couple of years ago. They wanted to open their arms to all of the poor people traveling through Turkey, from other places, through Turkey, paying human traffickers to be put on these flimsy overloaded rafts to be picked up by the Greek Coast Guard to be brought to Europe, but finding that the rest of Europe was not opening their arms to them. So by the thousands, these people coming into Europe were stuck in Greece. Greece couldn't take care of them. The refugee camps are overloaded. This has become a huge problem for them. Well, you will hear these stories not only on this podcast, but also on my television program, Full Measure. This Sunday, March 13th, we'll be speaking with Cuccinelli and be discussing another unique challenge facing border agents at our lesser discussed but much longer northern border. Again, that's on Sunday, March 13th. To find out where to see Full Measure on TV, you can go to CherylAckison.com and click the Full Measure tab. For a list of stations and times by city and state. You can always also watch at fullmeasure.news or download our app Stir and watch there live or on demand. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll leave a good review. Subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And if you want to support independent, off-narrative journalism, at a time of increasing and selective censorship, visit cherylackerson.com and click the store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.
3: All right, folks. All of you know the story about my crick in my neck and how I bought a my a few years ago, and all of a sudden my neck just healed up. In fact. The orthopedist couldn't figure out what the heck had John done. I, it was simple. I just bought one of Mike Lindell's pillows and I all of a sudden found I wasn't sleeping right on my pillow. Mike's pillows did the trick. Well, guess what? He's done it again. He's got something new. He's now introducing his new My Slippers. You want the best slipper ever. The best foot experience late at night. Well, Mike has got, he took over two years to develop this. He designed it to wear this slipper indoor and outdoor all day long. It's comfortable. It's durable. It's made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue in the slipper. And it's made with quality leather suede. They look good. They feel good. They wear good. For a limited time now, Mike is offering fifty percent off his new My Slippers. You will also receive a free book with any purchase. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family. It's a great gift, especially heading into Springtown. So here, here's what you do: you go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square, and use the promo code Just News. That's easy to remember, right? The promo code Just News, and you will get deep discounts on all the My Pillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. The My Pillow mattress topper, and of course, the My Pillow towel set. And don't forget, y'all want those My Slippers? You got to have them. They're incredible. Here's another way you can take advantage of this. You can call 800 951 3715 and use the promo code Just News when someone picks up. Call 800 951 3715, use the promo code Just News. Pretty simple stuff for the best slipper sheet pillow experience of your life.
1: Acorns is an app that modernizes the way you manage your finances. It works in the background of your life by combining banking and investing into one seamless experience. Every time you get paid, Acorns can invest a piece of it. You can even get paid up to two days in advance, which is perfect for setting money aside and paying off your bills well before they're due. And every time you make a purchase on things like gas, groceries, or whatever, Acorns can round up your spare change and invest it into diversified portfolios that could grow over time. In fact, on average, Acorns users invest $490 a year from their spare change alone. Not only are these portfolios built by experts, they're customized to your current financial situation and your long-term money goals. And if you're crypto-curious, you can even allocate up to 5% of your portfolio in a Bitcoin-linked ETF to diversify your investments even further. Start investing with Acorns and get a bonus $10 in investments when you sign up at acorns.com invest 10. Remember to consider your investment objectives before investing. For further information and disclosures, visit acorns.com.